Hello and welcome back to Nerd to the Third, your stop for video games, movies, and nerd culture. Today we're bringing you the Power Three with Nick, Nate, and these ice cubes. Their opinion is way too overblown, and honestly, I mean, I, I think we're going to have to cut it short. I'm sorry, you're, you're gone. You're, you're done with this podcast. All right, you're getting started with a little grinding. We got uh, make sure to go to our TX3 uh, Productions on Twitter or ThreadX3 Productions on Facebook. Give us a share because sharing is caring. The more you share, the more I care. Yeah. I was, that's what I was waiting for. Yeah, I knew you were. <laughs> you everything up. Um, all right, let's get right into it. I'm, I'm, I keep doing that. I got to stop doing it. Let's just jump into this. Just head first, dive in. Balls deep. Do a deep. couple of flip deep. Balls deep. I'm talking about balls deep. I'm talking about balls deep. I'm talking about balls deep in love. Yeah. What's that from? Do you know what that's from? I have no idea. You have no idea what that's from the Cleveland show. Oh, I, 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 I didn't get into as much as I should have, but yeah, that's my, that's a, that's a sin of mine. Oh God. Well, it's funny. One of the kids on there actually talk about how this is just pretty much black family guy. And it's like, it kind of is other than the palette change. It's really just, yeah, that's really all it is. I mean, so. At least they're self-aware about it, which is what you can always expect from something from Seth MacFarlane. Yeah. Anyways, let's let's get back into the deepness of the balls. Um, X3 reacts. So this this is actually a really big one, and I think. Especially whoever worked there, <laughs> it caught by everybody by surprise. Telltale closes. Um, wow, just just wow. Yeah, like we need, we need to get the soundbite of Owen Wilson. Wow, 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 wow. <laughs> People are losing their jobs, and we're just laughing about it. Yeah, it's laughing about it. It's so funny. Anyways, actually, you know, on that subject, everybody losing their jobs. The outpouring of like respect and like help and admiration in Revit is probably like one of the coolest thing about this industry. You know, I feel like anytime there's a closure, there's like a hundred different um, Twitters or even just people reaching out and saying, hey, here's here's the contact to our recruiter, you know, contact him and we'll get you a job or, you know, we'll, we'll try to help you out or whatever. And it's really cool. But back to Telltale Closing, I mean, what what was your very first like Telltale experience? My very first, I mean, I played, so I played the demo of episode, no, well, the demo was episode one. I played episode one of season one of The Walking Dead. Oh, really? Um, okay. And at the time, I, it, just because of where I was at, like, as far as the games I liked, I didn't really, I didn't, like, I thought it was cool, but it wasn't yeah. what I was looking for. 
Um, so, I mean, then, you didn't go back when it was like Back to the Future or Jurassic Park or anything like no, that? No, I actually, um, I was interested in the Back to the Future one, and then I remember seeing reviews saying that it didn't run very well, and it was just kind of a, um, I, 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 the story I heard was really, really good, but I had heard enough at the, I had heard enough that I was like, well, I'm, I'm playing this other thing anyway, but it wasn't mm-hmm. really until probably, um, me personally that I was like, Oh, I really, really enjoy this until Batman season one. Oh yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I followed what was going on with the, the telltale games. And like, um, I, I had, I pretty much have most of them because of PlayStation plus. So mm-hmm. I have, um, the borderlands one and I have pretty much all of the walking dead except for season four. Uh, oh, yeah. I know. I know for a fact on <laughs> although PS- a lot of good that does you know. Unfortunately, right, right. <laughs> well, uh, I for I for sure have one and two, uh, three. I'm not sure if I have, um, but I remember buying them on sale. Um, but I'm I'm not into the zeitgeist of Telltale games as much yeah. as other people. But it's definitely one of those that I know what they were doing. Right. You know, they, they were doing something good. Of course, they got a lot of shit for how their engine ran. And, you know, maybe some of them were too rushed out. You know, those were a lot of the big complaints. But the thing with this is just how in one fell swoop, yeah. just no build up, no nothing. Just, well, actually, technically, it was a double whammy. You know, you got the yeah. first one, you're like, man, that sucks. And like, wait, what? Yeah. I mean, so my first experience with it, um, I didn't play it all the way through, but like I remember Sam and Max. I think we got it for free on, uh, on. Uh, oh, I forgot that like was back Tattoo. in the yeah pl- back in the like PlayStation Three era. So like way <laughs> way long ago, mm-hmm. and um, I just remember like it was okay, and I just didn't think that much of it. Um, and then I want to say I played a little bit of back to the future but i feel like everything leading up to and i mean i might be wrong so i mean for all for all for all of you out there let me know if i'm wrong but like from what i remember of sam and max and um back to the future were the main ones that i played before walking dead what i remembered about it is that like there were very very specific like ways to do the puzzles and they just didn't really um, telegraphic that telegraph it that well. So each game just felt like I needed to have the guide. Sorry, I needed to have the guide right next to me and looking at it at all times. Because it's like, oh, you need this gum on this piece of string so that you can then go get the key. And then you need, like, there are so many steps that, like, why would you think of that? I mean, obviously, that is kind of the point of an adventure game like that. But at the same time, it's like, you know, either you have to try every combination that is physically possible before you get on to the next thing, or you just give up, which is what I did. I just, like, it was so... It was so weird. And I think what I ended up doing is I actually went to, for Back to the Future at least, I went to the um, uh, I went to the guide and I read it and I'm like, how would I know that? How in God's name would I know that? Is this the way the entire game is going to be? Nope. I'm out. Yeah. And so then Walking Dead comes and I was all on board. 
you know, this was right when this was at the peak of Walking Dead. We were going to be getting the television, or actually, we already got the television series, I believe. Yeah. Um, I personally had already read through a good majority of the comic book itself. I actually found the comic book before I found out that there was going to be a series and everything. And so I was like, I was all into it. And it's like, okay, we get it from a different perspective and everything. And I was just like, yes, yes, please. And I really feel like Walking Dead season one was was its peak, unfortunately, because really, and I mean, this is going to sound very repetitive because almost everybody talks about it this way, but it's like the season one of, of Walking Dead was really the the best that they could ever do. And after that, and I do believe that it has to do with, you know, overworking themselves and get, getting too much at once, it just everything else just went kind of downhill. You know, I really wish um, they would have just taken off a year or just had a year where they only had one project going at a time. You know what I mean? Like they always had like two projects going on at a time and they kind of overlapped each other. Mm -hmm. So if they would have had just like, this is our game for this particular year in the background, let's start working on our engine. Let's start making it run smoother. Let's start doing this. And I mean, like the sad thing is that they got a new engine and the last season of The Walking Dead was going to be the last one on their previous engine. So like we will never, we will never, unless they like get like a Kickstarter going, which I I would definitely, I would definitely um, put money on that. I think this is the one company that like, I, I like them so much. And that, like you know, it's like I I see where they went, where where they went off kilter, and it's like, but if they had a chance to start over and be like, okay, this is day one, scratch one, you know, hey, if you guys help us out, we're we're gonna complete, you know, season four because it was supposed to be like the last season, and so now we're never gonna understand what happens to Clementine. Like, is it gonna be this cruel circle where she ends up dying at the end? Spoiler alert. <laughs> well, yeah, I knew that Lee died. I know, I'm just saying, just for yeah. anybody else out there. <laughs> Spoiler alert for a game that came out in, God knows, uh, what, 2005? No, God, no. That I think that came out in, like, 2012, while you talk. Oh, okay, about. wow. Okay. Yeah, no, not, no, no, so, no, it didn't come out in 2005, for oh, sure. Oh, wow, okay, okay. So, yeah, not ever knowing what happens with that, but if they had a chance to do, like, a, you know, a Kickstarter or something, I think this would be one of the companies I actually want to do. But I think the one stipulation would be it has to be a different engine. Yeah. Because that engine, like, it just, even even in today's, like, like I think the last one I actually played was Batman Season 1. And I, I could tell that there were certain things that were better about it, but then there were so many things that were still present that were present in the walking dead and the difference between the walking dead and batman at least for me is that i had just such an attachment to the walking dead and the storytelling itself was just so gut-wrenchingly good that um it, it just it it hooked me a lot more and just from what i've heard about batman it's like you know oh yeah the first like three episodes are good and then it's just yeah which kind of seems like that was their that was their legacy. Like they always started off really good, and then it's like, well, maybe you should have only been like three episodes long rather than sticking to your like five episode you know formula that you have. Yeah. So 
So going back to when you asked me about my experience with Telltale, the crux of my experience with Telltale, um, because like I said, I followed the games, I followed the discussions with them, so I knew all the jank, all the people complaining about the engine. Um, But So the first time I played Batman Season 1, I I re-signed up for my account with Gamefly, because I got Gamefly like when they first started, and then... I didn't have it for years anyway. So I was like, oh, cool, Batman Season 1's on here. I've been wanting to try it. And so I right, right. I, I rented it, popped the disc in, installed, um, playing it, played the first episode, and I was like, okay, that was cool. I really, really like that. And then I was like, all right, let me play the second. And then it goes, okay, here. Now download the rest of the episodes. And where I was living at the time, I had terrible internet. So in order for me to download the next eight or nine episodes, I wasn't like, it was going to take me until the next day to down, to play the second episode because I started it that night. Started, I finished episode one that night. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, this is really stupid. Why have a disc version of this that the first episode is the only thing that is actually on the disc. Right. Like I understand because of how they are released initially that if if you get them but i would say don't do that i would say when they are done when the game when the episodes are finished then right. release the disc yeah yeah i totally agree and i never understood that and and then my next experience was after i had downloaded those episodes i went to go play season two and i was stuck on the fucking main menu with no text like i clicked the button to go to the main menu to, to click on episode two I was yeah. stuck looking at Batman's cape flowing for 30 minutes. Oh, jeez. And so finally I re- I restarted it. And then I was like, you know what? I'm, I don't even <laughs> want to play it anymore. <laughs> I, I would have like, restarted after like 30 seconds. Like you have way more patience. Well, than no. I so I was like watching YouTube or something at the time. So I was multitasking. And I ended up watching, I think it was a, a part of a podcast. And I, I looked over and I was like, it's still not loading. And so I was like, I don't even want to play anymore. So I... It came out shortly after that on PS Plus, and I downloaded it. So I'll get to it when I get to it. But I mean, that completely turned me off. But I don't really want to harp and talk bad because a lot of people did lose their job. But there obviously was a reason why that happened. Yeah, I mean that is the that is the unfortunate thing. Like we have to be, you know, the a holes or whatever. But I mean, there's probably plenty of other people out there that like kind of just kind of saw this coming. You know, if anything, I think what makes it so surprising for me personally is one, it took so long and two, they did it right in the middle of a project. Like, well, they so didn't that's even... what, yeah, Go ahead. Th- that's what I, I'm, I'm curious if in the next few days or weeks, Jason Schreier is going to uncover something as to why this happened. Because in, in one night, Oh, Hey, everyone lost their job without severance pay. Right. It's like, what? <laughs> like, it's, I don't, I, I'm really curious what happened. And so the, if, if no one's following and you've just been listening to us ramble, the initial tweet or the initial story that broke was that, um, Telltale's laying off most, if not everybody, uh, in, in the company, like, you know, of the team. Um, but they're having a, a skeleton crew of 25 people to finish season four. And then probably oh, wow. 30... Oh, I didn't hear that part. Yeah, they had a skeleton crew that was going to finish season four. Either that next morning or t- two or three hours later, another story broke that said, oh, no, everyone is is gone. Um, they canceled their 
they're not they're canceling season four, Stranger Things, and The Wolf Among Us. And it was oh, like, that's right. They had Stranger. Oh man. Yeah, they better get a Kickstarter going. I swear to God. Yeah, I was really looking forward to that Stranger Things one. Yeah, heck yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess you're right. I don't necessarily want to harp on just how horrible it was because I mean, like, I guess what makes it so horrible is the fact that season one of Walking Dead was so phenomenal. It was game of the year material. And for them to just fall from grace like that, you know, like I said, it's so surprising it didn't happen sooner or that it just happens so goddamn quickly. Like, just boom, you're closed. You don't get the rest of your episodes. Never get to see what happens with Clementine. Like, it's just so surprising. And, you know, and, and also obviously from a, you know, a ground level sort of perspective or whatever, here's, you know... I want to say there was like 200 people left on because they already got rid of like 90% of their people. So yeah, that was like down, I think a year ago or yeah. earlier this year. Yeah, earlier this year. So they were down to like only 200 people. And so, but still, that's 175, you know, at first. But then, nope, all of them, all 200 people, you know, they all have, they all have families. And if they don't have kids, they have a wife, you know, they have responsibilities just like anybody else and now because of reasons you know this could be like a whole konami kojima thing where we might not ever know the actual story behind it other than the obvious which was that you know things just were kind of out of whack for them for the longest time you know but still it's like i just you know it's just such a it's just such a gut punch to just be like you know you're working on this thing you have passion for you know and, and like I didn't I haven't played uh, season four but it was definitely something I really wanted to get into and something that I wanted to play because it was going to be finishing up Clementine's story you know so people who maybe who have been working there since you know either the conception of Telltale or even just the beginning of Walking Dead you know to have such a passion for something and then just completely have the rug pulled from under you it's like you know it's it's like if something happened to this podcast you know i can only imagine like what that would do to me mentally yeah well that that that's my main thing is what what was this why was the severity of it so great that oh no never mind we're laying off everyone and we're canceling season 4 that we've hyped yeah. up for you know the thing I do want to close this out on is circling back to what you said at the very beginning, the outpour of this community that, yeah. you know, like I can't tell you how many, uh, stat, how many team members for, or former team members that were tweeting that they lost their job. You had people like Corey Barlog from God of war. You had all these other developers responding to them saying, Hey, we've got spots open right here. Come, come over here. You know, you had Activision people, you had Ubisoft, you had, everyone coming out to the aid of these people who just lost their, mm-hmm. lost their jobs. And that's also, you know, for most of the people, most if not all of the team that were there were in San Francisco. We're in the Bay Area because that's where yeah. Telltale is based or where they relocated to. And so if no one is familiar familiar with the Bay Area, like as far as living conditions, you lose your job, you may lose where you're living in the next two days. I mean, right? it's like rent, three thousand dollars a month for a, like a studio apartment i mean it's ridiculous mm-hmm. yeah. so 
the fact of that that's my main thing is that it's it, it's it's unfortunate that this happened but it's also great to see everyone coming to support and pick these people up when they were just completely torn down yeah yeah it's it's almost like i really wish this kind of stuff came out more often because it's so easy to like harp on Activision for having their, you know, ingrams in Destiny or to have their microtransactions in Call of Duty. Or even me and you are super high on Black Ops right now. We're both going to buy it day one. I might get the season pass. You know, I really kind of want to just so that I can experience all the zombies or whatever. But it's so easy to harp on Activision for being just like douchebags or even like ubisoft you know they came out with like eight different versions of the division two and it's like it's it's so easy to harp on them but then like they come together and they'll show that hey no actually we are real people and i just really wish that real person showed more often you yeah. know because like there's even this interview with um uh, lord vonderhall where he's talking about how you know, the blackout, the title blackout wasn't even their title. Activision made them t- pick it. And he kind of had to just pretend that he was okay with blackout as a title. I'm like, ah, I feel it. Like, you, you see his face and you're just like, ooh, I can feel your pain. Because it's like, you probably had this, you had one title in mind. And you were just like, Pfft. you know. But then this comes out, it's like Activision's like, hey, you're real people, let's... Let's help you out. It's just, I really wish like the entire industry could be treated like this, you know, not just little pockets of awesomeness. Why can't it just be awesome all the time? Right. Well played. Well said. Yes, indeed. (laughs) So I don't know. Like I, I definitely would like to hear from you guys. What was your very first Telltale experience? What was your favorite and then least favorite Telltale experience? And what do you hope to see next from the people? You know, I definitely, I, I'm going to stick with the, I'd like to see a Kickstarter of some of some kind. I'd like to see them mangle themselves together, you know, pull themselves back up and be like, here's a Kickstarter. You know, we're going under a different name, but we're, we're hoping to, to, continue because i mean telltale was like one of the very few few like adventure game you know people out there so i'd really like to see like we'd like to continue this and let's keep going but definitely like to hear from you guys up next let's get started with the weekly grind So the weekly grind is where we just talk about what we've been binging, what we've been consuming, playing and watching. So, uh, Nate, what what have you been up to? Well, as far as playing goes, I have been playing a quite fuck ton of Horizon Zero Dawn. How much? A fuck ton. Uh, what is that in grams? Um, I don't know because fuck the metric system. <laughs> hey now, hey now. Your dream is over. <laughs> hey now, hey now. So yeah, I I let it be known that I am the lover of terrible movies and terrible. also absolutely um, terrible. That is yeah, yeah. And uh the person who waits years to play games that were very popular from the year before. So <laughs> uh yeah, I really wanted to play Horizon Zero Dawn when it came out, um, but 
honestly, I really wanted to wait to play it on a PS4 Pro just because of the hype that was around it at the time. Oh, yeah? Nice. And so I just never got around to it. And then uh, a couple weeks ago, I was um, a couple hours away from home on a job, and I had some time to kill, so I went to Best Buy. And I saw that Horizon Zero Dawn, the complete edition, was on sale for 20 bucks, and with the Gamers Club Unlocked, I got it for like 15 And I was like, cool, I'll finally go ahead and pick it up. And um, I started playing it. I'm like, okay, you know, this is cool. All right. Probably about, and I, you know, spoilers, I guess, for people who are like me and didn't play it. It prop, wait, how far did you get, Nick? Don't worry about it. Okay. I probably will never get around to it. <laughs> um, probably when it started diving into more of the, more of the story where what actually happened was I like, oh, wow. Like I'm genuinely interested. Like I, <laughs> I actually had made a deal with my wife um, because we couldn't afford. I couldn't afford to pick up Spider Man when it came out. She was like, "Get a couple of really good checks in, and then you know you can get it." Because you know we had bills to pay and rent and things like that. And so with my last check, I was like, "I can afford to get Spider Man, but now I'm in a crux because I really want to beat and finish Horizon." And right. I know if I buy Spider-Man right now, I'm not going to. Oh, but yeah, you will not. <laughs> Horizon definitely was a slow burn for me. I like. I guess just the very first part of it, I knew where it was going, and it didn't really grab me. And then as I started playing more, getting better equipment, better weapons, I was like, okay, okay, all right. I see why this got so much praise. Yeah. Um. And like I, where I was at until I played a part last night in the story in the, some of the different main quests you're kind of split between figuring out what happened in the past and dealing with what's going on in your present day and yeah. mm-hmm. i'm for sure more interested in what happened with the past like the stuff in the present day is cool but like i want to go into these cauldrons i want to discover yeah like the secrets like i want to the also did you ever watch fringe no do you know the actor who plays Zavala from Destiny? Zavala? Zavala, the the um Oh god, what is that? What is that class? What is that class? Um not warlock, not hunter. Titan. He's the Titan, Titan. like okay. Vanguard or not Vanguard, but anyway, he let me see if I can pull a picture of him for you. He's silent. Is he the old guy from Fringe? The he's the black guy. He's the Oh, um, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So he's silence that character you you run into the, through the focus. I right. really, really like him, and I think that's a perfect role for him. Like it's yeah, right. he's a very mysterious guy. So anyway, I've been playing a lot of it. Um, I've been having a lot of fun with it, and I'm hopefully how much fun? A fuck ton of fun. So <laughs> um, hopefully, I don't think I'm too far from finishing it. Uh, yeah. So I'm probably going to try to finish it on my day off and um move on to spider-man heck yeah you got you got to move on i mean right now i think i'm kind of in a similar situation i i stopped playing horizon i wanted to play it but now i'm actually kind of in the reverse situation where it's like i i could i could like spend a bunch of time doing something but i kind of want to do it on spider-man you know but i mean Horizon, what was so good about it and what I can't wait to see more of is just 
I, I think the world that they built was just absolutely and just really intriguing, you know, because it's like we were so far in the future that now we have like tribes and like all the different stuff that goes along with tribes like, you know, pride and, you know, um, like Desol- like not desolation, but um, um, like separation. Yeah, like yeah, the, being that, very separatist against other tribes. It's like right. your tribe is, you know, X and we're Y, so we don't we don't like each other. And and you see you the know, difference, kind, and you see the more tribal tribes, like the yeah. you know, like the Nora where she's from, and then you have like the Karja who are the more like, um, I guess if we were, are you Game of Thrones? <laughs> no. Is that, is that a sarcastic no or an actual no? No, it's a, it's an actual no. Oh, I okay, don't like Game of Thrones. Well, for anybody who likes Game of Thrones, it's very similar to the different families. Uh, I say yeah, the Karja right. are similar to the Lannisters, where they're very prominent in the world. Their prominence yeah. is, you know, you know, you have the Nora, who probably are like the Starks, stuff like that. So it's yeah. it's very interesting to see that. But the main thing for me, the reason why it took me a little bit to get into, I think, is because... I really had an unfair advantage of comparing it to God of War since oh, yeah. I had just finished God of War probably two or three weeks prior. Yeah. and like Which is definitely and- why I suggest go ahead and finish Horizon. If that's your goal and you want to finish it by the weekend, you know, you need to because it's like it will be dead to you once you have Spider-Man. Yeah, for sure. I do want to platinum it because I know it's an easy platinum, but um, I definitely – I don't like – Except for Batman. Batman's the only exception to Arkham games. I don't like beating a game and immediately jumping into New Game Plus. Yeah. I, it's very hard for me to do that as far as like just going back into it. And, you know, I've heard you can do it in one playthrough or whatever, but you just have to be kind of smart or whatever. I don't know. Like, I've just never been the type of gamer that's like, you know... I have to experience this over and over and over again. Usually when I play a game, if I finish it, it's like, it's pretty much dead to me because there's usually not, there is, there is literally only one exception in this. And that's the last of us. I could play that over and over again. I agree. I agree. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I mean, but that's just, but at the same time, I don't think I would play it, beat it, and then play it again. I think it would be like I would have to wait a while, you know, a couple months, couple like maybe a year, do it once a year, just do a Last of Us a thon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I like I'm not gonna go back to New Game Plus on God of War until but God knows how long. I mean right? that was such a magical. Well experience. first they have to make it, don't they? <laughs> I no, it's already out. Oh, it is out? Oh okay. yeah, it's been out for a few weeks, yeah. <laughs> But like I think it's also different with um, Horizon and God. Well, Horizon for sure because it is so open world. Yeah, and so it's exactly. taken me a while to get to this point that even if I get all the things I need to, that New Game Plus is just the story. Like, let me experience that later on. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. But Arkham, the Ar- uh, Arkham City, I beat it immediately. Jumped into New Game Plus because I was like, "Ooh, let me go right back in." because <laughs> yeah. that was something that. So, but yeah. Uh, besides that. I've still been doing the kind of funny rewatch of the Spider-Man movies and watch Spider-Man three. And I, I, I really enjoyed it when it, f- so I actually was kind of looking forward to this. This is, this will be quick. Okay. Did you like Spider-Man three when it first came out? Uh, yeah. I mean, for the most part, it's kind of like, 
it's kind of like the um, prequel trilogy. It's like I like the prequel trilogy of Star Wars, but I I am one hundred percent aware of all of its flaws. <laughs> okay, so when Spider Man three came out, I was I was a lot younger, and I was like I really enjoyed that 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 was really good. Right. Um, I have a story about this though, Ooh. so. We're gonna... Story time, everybody! Sit down and get comfortable. <laughs> I don't think I've told this uh, told this on the air. So when I went to go see Spider Man three, I was at my local movie theater. It's a small single screen theater, and so uh, during the movie, there was this little kid in the theater that m- was pissing me off the entire time because any time that Spider Man was on screen, this little fucker would go Spider Man, Spider Man, Spider Man, and clap his hands. And it's like, okay, I'm going to give, like, he did the first time. I'm like, okay, that's cute. He did it for the rest of the two hour movie. And I'm like, oh my God. But we go to the end, you know, spoiler alert for a terrible movie. Uh, (laughs) Harry dies because he, he, what? He he takes, oh God, he he literally, not Harry. He literally falls on the sword you know, of the spear or whatever. And so it's the scene where they're saying their goodbyes and like he dies. And I was really in the moment. Like I was like, Oh my God, this is so sad. And Tobey Maguire, the camera goes to his face and he starts to cry. There is a guy behind me that verbatim goes. (laughs) (laughs) Like dead silence. This death scene is in this movie and this dude just and starts cackling and i remember it pissing me off so bad and then a couple years later when i kind of realized that everybody hated this movie i remembered that happening and i just it was i thought it was the absolute funniest thing ever (laughs) but so i rewatched it and the beginning of it the first like hour of it i'm like okay this is actually kind of better than i remember this is a solid structured movie like the the, I, i like new goblin i like all that stuff like that fight was really cool and then we hit emo Parker and I'm just like, all right, now put a gun in my mouth. Like, I just, I don't, I don't want to deal with this. And then it happens. I'm like, okay. Yeah, I think the thing with emo Parker is that they kind of jump the shark. If you think about it, because in Spider-Man two, he has that whole thing where like, he can't use his powers because of his emotions and everything. And so we go through this segment where he's not Spider-Man because he's trying to just give up on it. And so then to have that same thing, only now it's, you know, he's an emo, like just to have it, I don't know. It just, it wasn't done very right. And I think it's just because it's like, it's kind of like a, here we go again. I know I realized that he was still Spider-Man and he just had the black suit on, but still it's like, I don't know, those same story beats and also being right in the middle of the movie it really like bogs down the entire, like they're already two hour movies. You don't want them feel like they're two hours. You want them to feel like they're, oh, they're over? God, dang yeah. it. Yeah, so when I finished it, I was like, okay, like that wasn't great, whatever. Let I, You know, I'm going to go listen to the to the review, the kind of a review episode about it. And I was like, oh, I didn't realize how much these guys hated this movie. And then they're talking and I'm like, oh, those are solid, solid points. Right. You know, like why is there so many dancing scenes in the movie? Why is there just so many like just dumb, irrelevant moments? Like there's this that doesn't make sense throughout the entire movie. And I'm like, okay, there's a reason why 
I really liked the amazing Spider-Man movies much better than um, the Sam Raimi movies. Yeah, right. Yeah, there was actually, I can't remember the name of it, but there's a YouTuber who actually talked about how um, the Sam Raimi um, Spider-Mans were actually bad movies. And so he went through all three of them talking about why he hated them. He ended up doing the same thing for the Amazing Spider-Man as well, but still, like, you know, so it's like everybody tries to to say that like Sam Raimi was like the definitive, but it's like they were actually pretty bad movies, but I think what, what made them quote unquote good in most people's eyes is Sam Raimi's like, you know, preem cheddar, just that cheese, that cheese that he has in all his movies. And he leans into it, but I think he leans into it to the right way. Like if you go too cheesy, but people can tell maybe you're trying too hard or something like that. You know, it's just, it just becomes too much, but it's like he found the right. I mean, it's just like the evil dead trilogy. You know, it's like, here's these situations where you should be scared. You should be disgusted, but instead sometimes you might be laughing and it's like only a director like Sam Raimi could do something like that properly. Well, you remember when homecoming came out and everyone was like, is it really better than Spider-Man 2? And now, after rewatching Spider-Man 2, and it was one of my favorites for a long time, anyone who says that Spider-Man 2 is better than Spider-Man Homecoming has not seen the movie recently. And it's yeah. just speaking from nostalgia. Because Spider-Man 2, yep. there's a lot of it I love. I love um, Alfred. Is it? Alfred? Alf- <sighs> Wrong franchise. <laughs> no. Alfred, is it, is it Maloney? It's the guy Maloney. who played Doc Ock. Doc Ock. Alfred. I'm not sure. Alfred uh, Molina. Alfred Molina. That's what his name is. Yeah. I love him as Doc Ock. I really like that storyline. But there's a lot of that movie that I just didn't like. Mm -hmm. And they brought this up on the the episode where they reviewed Spider-Man 2. And there were a lot of people on Twitter coming out of the woodwork that were saying that Spider-Man 2 is still in competition of best superhero movie in competition with the dark Knight, And that's just absolutely not true. (laughs) So it's just, it's, I don't know, man, like (laughs) this has been a really interesting adventure. Well, we should definitely have a discussion later about like what we think the the best superhero movie of all time is. So let's do that during open discussions though. Yeah. All right. Did you want to talk about the night of, or do you want to move on? No, we move on. Okay. Um, so I, I, couple of things I've been doing, um, a lot of Netflix this week, um, and one super bad game, but we'll get to that. Um, but did you get a chance to check out Maniac? No, Maniac. Um, I know. Yeah, no, we're going to, I think we're going to do that next because it keeps popping up on featured. Um, Okay. So this is what I'll say about Maniac. Um, one. If it doesn't get nominated for something, I give up on humanity and there's a clear bias <laughs> because there's <laughs> definitely been a lot of people who are down on Netflix stuff because, oh, it's not a real movie. It's not a real whatever. This this show miniseries or whatever, um, it is so good. It, and like even if, if you just look at it from like a cinematography or just an artistic point of view it is absolutely 
gorgeous and what they do it's like this is a very much like a can film festival film and they're just it just happens to be on netflix you know um but one thing i definitely had to tell my wife and i'll tell you and the listeners the same thing is that it can be somewhat i guess hard to recommend if you're the type of person who really isn't into arts arts or the art of cinema cinema because um my main thing about it is that it's a very slow burn it is like it is very very slow burn but what's getting me through it is the is the gorgeous cinematography it is the the acting like Jonah Hill as not only as a serious actor but like gut-wrenchingly serious i think we talked about it a couple episodes ago about the fact that, you know, him in Moneyball or him in um, Wolf of Wall Street, those are his, quote, serious roles, but he's still kind of funny in them. This oh, for sure. This is, I mean, it kind of goes along with the title, but he has mental problems. And seeing him go through that and being able to believe it 100%, is just great. And then Emma Stone, I mean, she's always been a great actress. And so I feel like this is just another one on her, you know, another notch on her belt or whatever you want to say. Like it's it's really good. And like that's what's pulling me through. The story, mind you, is still interesting and the world that they've created is still interesting. But I, I will one hundred percent admit that it is a very slow burn. And if you're not already into cinema as a art it could it could come off as just like pretentious or just like overblown or something like that if it, and um, and if you would say that if you would say I, that you hated maniac i would understand you know what i mean like cuz it's not i don't think it's going to be for everybody but like i really feel like the critics if they somehow find a way to complain about this it's just going to show a clear bias because this is this is just as good as any, you know, really artistic movie out there. The only difference is this is a mini series that happens to be on Netflix. Well, so and this is no offense to Jonah Hill whatsoever. God forbid if he even actually listens to this, but I know um, Jonah. <laughs> but um you I'm I'm fairly certain that Jonah does probably have some sort of, of mental issues, whether depression, anxiety you know, whatever it may be. I'm like just following his career, following his movies, you know, just kind of seeing his actual personal ups and downs physically and just kind of in his roles. There's got to be something there. So you saying that makes me feel like that his performance was probably very genuine. Yes. Um, also him and Emma Stone have worked together before and I think are fairly close Maybe not close friends, but our acquaintances, from my understanding. You know, I didn't even think about it. They were in Super Bad together. Yeah. I didn't so even think about it. Is their chemistry really good? Because I kind of figured it would be. Uh well, I haven't gotten super far in the. I think I'm episode three or four, and it's not really about them. That's all I can really say right. without giving too much away. Um, there is a connection, but like, yeah, it's just. It's hard to describe because even that takes a while to show its head, basically. Well, so my next question, you were talking about being, you know, artsy. Are we talking art film kind of like her? 
or kind of like that new Steve Carell movie where he paints the figures and it it's you know oh, what I'm talking about. I see. Um is it artsy in that I've aspect? never seen her, so I can't really talk to its artsiness. Um but I'd say other than like symmetrical frames, <laughs> um, I'd say it's kinda like um it's kinda artsy in the se- in the sense that like a Wes Anderson film is artsy Um, okay that that's that answers that question then yeah so yeah it's it like i said they don't do the symmetrical frames or anything like that but like that's what i would compare it to because like even the way they film it is very kind of wes anderson as far as like the quality of the picture i guess is what i'm trying to get at it's very clean you know what i mean um but the world they create is weird because it's it's futuristic, but it looks like it's from the 80s. Like, all the computers that they have are, like, 80s computers, but they're doing these really futuristic... Th- like, I would argue that this, this world that we're living in, or that they're living in, is a future. But for some reason it's also in the past, and it's, like, that kind of aspect I actually really like about it. It's like Fallout... We have like these robots and phasers and stuff, but it's not robots and phasers according to our timeline. It's robots and phasers according to the 1950s time. Kind of like Cold War era kind of experimentation stuff going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you see a robot, like it's just not our robot. It's their robot. And so it's kind of the same. It's kind of the same here where it's like it's it's the year like let's say 2030 or so. I honestly don't. I don't know if they've ever said it out loud or something, or maybe they've had it in the background. Anyways, it's like, let's say it's 2030 or even 2130 or something like that, but it looks like it's the eighties. So like it's, it's, it's so intriguing for, for that matter. And just like certain things that they've created in the world. It's just absolutely like, okay, there's uh what's it called? It's called friend. Friend something. I can't uh, I can't give remember the details. name of it. I can help. Huh? So give me some details. I can probably help. Um, it's called Friends Some I don't know. You haven't seen this thing, so you wouldn't know. F um, is for friends who do stuff together. F is for friends who do stuff together. U, U is, is for, for you and, and me. me. N is for any time and anywhere and all out here in the deep blue sea. <laughs> oh god. Um uh, that's why we deserve to be together. Right there. Um, what was I saying? Oh yeah, okay. So like, there's this thing called like friendship proxy or something like that. And so basically, what it is is that you can hire hire people to be your friends. <laughs> it's it's so weird. And so um, and then there's another thing called Ad Buddy. And so what Ad Buddy is is they buy stuff for you, and then you have to listen to ads. So there's a physical person on the subway, like uh, like Emma Stone has to get on the subway or something, and, or no, I think it's Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill has to get on the subway, but he doesn't have money, so he gets an ad buddy. So the ad buddy is sitting next to him, reading off of these you know little flashcards ads, and so that's how he's paying for the sub ride. It's hmm. it's a weird concept, and it's like. You know, Sounds but also very like Black Mirror esque too. Yeah, yeah, kinda. You know, now that you mention it, it's yeah, it's very much. But it's so weird to see this like big, grown, like overweight, bearded guy, and he's like, huh, "Do you want a vacation?" Da, 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 da. 
<laughs> and he's just he's just like monotone reading the ad or whatever. He's like, do you think they really do that? I don't know. Anyways, okay, what do we got next? We got, oh, you want a bigger dick or something like that. That also kind of <laughs> sounds like, um, do you know uh, Rooster Teeth's a million dollars butt? Mm, no. Oh, my God. Okay, recommendation for everyone. Go check this out. It started out... <laughs> Basically, it's a little like uh, three minute. They're three minute episodes. There, it's like th- three people sitting around a bar, and they're like, "All right, you get a million dollars." But and one of these actually sounds very similar to this. You get a million dollars, but uh, you don't have to pay for anything for the rest of your life. You can buy a house. You can buy anything you want. Don't have to pay for anything for the rest of your life. But in order to finish the transaction. A creepy-looking dude has to stick his finger in your butt. No. <laughs> and so, like, then they discuss. Well, wait. Like, what if you're at the grocery? What if you're buying Girl Scout cookies? And like, <laughs> same thing. The creepy dude's got to put a finger in your butt. <laughs> so, that's what that sounds like. Kind of. So it's a it's a hypothetical show, right? Um, but like that one, that one is one of my favorite episodes. <laughs> oh God, that's hilarious. But yeah, that's what that kind of sounded like. Oh, okay, gotcha. Um, so more Netflix, uh, started watching something with my little girl called Hilda and I'd say Hilda is actually like, like, I don't know if I was just feeling very artsy this week or whatever, but Hilda is also quite artsy. Not only is it animated, so it is quite literally art, but no, it's, it's, I love the music of it, the world that they've created. It is childish wonder to like 100%. It's just, I like it so much. And it's, it's, it's weird because it is very, it is very much a child's, you know, it's very much a child's show, you know, not like, Hey, what letter is, or letter B, what starts with letter B? You know, it's not that childish, but it's very much made for children, but it's just so like well done and, you know, it's definitely not going to have, it's definitely, not, it's definitely no, um, paradise PD by any means, <laughs> but just like, like the themes behind it and like the stories that she gets herself into, it's just, ah, oh, so good. It's just like, I just imagine watching this like on a Saturday morning or something back in the day or something. And I think I'd be totally fine with that. You know, and it's, I don't know, it's hard to describe. I mean, like, a good example is uh, Avatar, the the Avatar creators just came out with The Dragon Prince. And I started it, and it's like, it, it was very interesting, but my daughter didn't get into it. So it was really hard for me to keep going with it, and honestly, I think I watched three quarters of the first episode, and she just wasn't into it, so I just haven't gotten back to it. I want to, because... You know, like, I want to see where it goes. Like, the the story for me was really interesting, but for her, it was just like, oh, okay, yeah, there's a dragon, that's cool, but now I don't know what's going on, so I'm just going to move on, you know. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, funnily enough, we're talking about a little girl who watches Rick and Morty with me and absolutely freaking loves it. 
So oh, just wait until she grows up and understands what that show. Oh, I know, right? I mean, well, not only that, but I can even watch like BoJack Horseman with her. So it's like those type of shows I am more likely to watch if I can watch them around my daughter, because it's like uh, any father or any father or parent out there will tell you it's like there's not a lot of time that you're not with your kids. So it's like, you know, it's it's. I don't know. We're very unconventional. We don't exactly have like a bedtime. So it's like if it's if it's nine o'clock and she's not in bed yet, that's actually pretty normal for us. <laughs> and so, you know, then once I'm trying to get to bed because I have to get up at five o'clock, I don't have enough time or I don't have enough time to watch something on my own. So, you know, yeah, a lot of my my shows uh, well, not a lot of them, obviously, like we we draw the line somewhere where it's like, OK, mommy and daddy want to watch something now. But still, like, you know, being able to watch something like that with her and for it to be so awesome is really good. And, yeah, it's weird that, I mean, I thought she was going to like Dragon Prince because she seems to like CG, like, movies and stuff. But she didn't really attach to that. But then Hilda, it's just like, you know, boom, she's there. And it's like, all right, cool, cool, cool. I like this. So, cool, 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 no doubt, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt, Can you believe that went over the NBC no, like, but I really I haven't seen season five yet. We've been dying to get back into it, though. Yeah, we've been slowly getting our way through it. Uh, the nine nine. Um, did you get to the point where they're in witness protection? Yes, we saw. I think most of that season. We for sure saw <laughs> past the witness protection episodes. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, that's pretty much where we are. They just. I think they just got out of or no. I think they're we're on the episode where they're just about to get out of witness, but like they're ready to attack the guy who's after them and everything. So yeah, so there's yeah. a there's a there was a meme that went around, or I think it was a BuzzFeed thing. I don't I don't know, but there was a video. It was it was like how to say cool cool or how to act cool, and it was just like scenes of of Pereira just doing the cool 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 cool, and there's one from that little like three episode arc yeah. where they're going to the gun store to buy weapons and the gun shop owner's like, do you want to, do you want a box of bullets or a bucket? And he was like, Oh, there's something wrong with America. And he's like, what? He's like, nothing. Cool. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I remember that part. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, I, uh, that and, um, Superstore. I can't wait for it to come oh back. Oh my God. The, where they where they left Superstore was just like they're like they're finally getting together on live stream. <laughs> like I'm just like, oh my god, that was so awesome. So there's this new game on the PlayStation. It's for free. It's called Warface, and I'm sorry. Let me let me let me, let me see this, okay? Because I was very very surprised by okay Warface PS4. I played okay. this when it came to P- when it when it first came out on PC. Yeah. So okay. Um, oh my god! Eighty nine percent like this video game. Google users. Uh, let's see. Do they have a? Here we go. Metacritic. Metacritic is hurry your ass up. Tall and tan and young and lovely. The girl. Okay, there we go. Um, so 7.8 user score. It doesn't have a critic score yet for some reason. That's weird. Um, 
where is like the PC? I'd like to see the difference between. Oh, also on PC. Can I click on so it? So it's got it's got a six out of ten review um, on Steam. On Steam. Yeah. Okay. So the point I was trying to get at is so it was eighty nine percent of people liked it on Google, and it was seventy eight percent, basic seven point eight percent on or seven. You know what I'm trying to say. Of people who liked it or rated it or whatever on um, the PlayStation 4. The thing is, I don't understand how this got more than like 10%. So the <laughs> PC the PC version, when I, I remember first playing it, because what got me in it was the Crytek stuff. You know, because I liked Crisis. Mm. I was like, they've got a good engine. And I played a couple matches like when it first came out. And I was like, okay, this is fine. And then I went back probably a little bit later and I was like... It's just is it for me like this is kind of like boring. It's not doing nothing. It is so. It, well, from, oh my god! From what it I've is, heard, the PS4 version is much worse. Oh well, I mean, yeah. For I mean, for anybody out there, obviously, I'm just a lowly console peasant, so that's all I'm playing on. But oh my dear God, it is so bland. It is so mind-numbingly boring. Like the maps that they have set up, no joke, look like somebody went into Far Cry Editor and put them together. Legit. I'm looking at gameplay right now of it. Yeah. It looks terrible. Terrible. And I mean, the the number one thing I was actually kind of interested in this for is that it looked like, and I mean, I obviously they did a good job marketing because to me, it looked like a Call of Duty, but free to play. And I think that's what they were going for, at least from a marketing perspective. But, oh, my God, it is nothing like like the gunplay, the hit detection, just everything about it. Just like it is so generic. I mean, I, just the feedback, the feedback you get from your gun and hitting a person is just so janky. And I mean, I guess janky isn't even like a good word because it's not like... Uh, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like that. It's just, it's like I'm aiming straight at this motherfucker. I am shooting him. He should be getting hit. He should die. Why the hell is he not fucking dying? But I will go around a corner and die in a millisecond. I'll just, as soon as I round the corner, just boom, I'm dead. And I'm like, okay, okay. It's like, I understand if you got a headshot or whatever, but it's just like, constantly and one time i swear to god i got shot through a fucking wall and something like that i i no no i don't even like how did how did did he and then and but i you know like how does that happen because he he physically could not have seen me from where he was standing but i died anyways it's just yeah i don't so, know so and it, i Go ahead. Go ahead. No, finish your statement because mine's simple. If I just I don't understand how anybody could give this any praise. It is so generic and it is so like it'd be one thing if it was literally Call of Duty but free. You know, it if it had the same mechanics, but maybe like one thing I guess I do like about it is that it is very Call of Duty, but it still has like battlefield classes but then every every other thing about this the gunplay the attachments the maps are dear 
God, they're so freaking generic. They just, I mean, some of them, maybe they didn't even create them themselves. They just, like, did push a random button and then, there's a map. Yeah, literally, Counter-Strike is more detailed than this on PS4. Right. Well, so something I will say uh, when we get done, look up um, gameplay for uh, Iron Sight. Right now, it's a maybe that's what I thought it was. Iron Sight on PC is pretty fun, and it's pretty close to free to play Call of Duty. I mean, it's it's cool. I like it. I, you know, in all honesty, I'm gonna see real fast. I think that might have been the uh, yeah. I think that is the game that I thought it was. So, th- I mean, yeah, that, no, this that looks just terrible. Proves it right PS4. there. This is such a generic thing that I couldn't even, <laughs> I couldn't even just. De- distinguish it from another freaking game like oh my god like i i tried like okay so let me let me kind of set the scene for you i did the tutorials which were super once again generic and then to even get into multiplayer which is why you would play a game like in my opinion like a free-to-play Call of Duty-esque game, you would want to play it for the, for the uh, what you call it. Anyways, but you have to get up to a certain level for you to even be go on versus. So I had to do the missions, but the missions are super generic. I keep saying it, but it's so freaking true. It is so generic. Point A, point B, do something. Point A, point B, uh, get out of there on a chopper. And just over and over and over again, the AI is so freaking stupid and they literally appear out of fucking nowhere. And it's like, but you have to do that in order to get to the, you know, quote, good part because it's not, it's not. Yeah, I'm, I'm watching Ironside gameplay because it's been a minute since I played and it just immediately looks so much better. Yeah. <laughs> immediately. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I just... I don't know. I just, I don't get, I don't get how people like this. Like, okay, here's the thing. Like, um, Blacklight Retribution is a free to play on PS4. And I, I would say that they're pretty generic as well, Mm -hmm. but I like their aesthetic. I like what they're going for. And, you know, if somebody can nail the Call of Duty feel, but free to play, I think it could make a lot of money. I mean, especially since, uh, you know, everybody accuses of Call of Duty of just being the same year over year. Well, what if we could just have Call of Duty free to play and you just get constant map updates or something like that? Like, mm-hmm. if that's how Black Ops was going to be, like, one one low payment, well, not low payment, I mean 60 bucks, but you know what I mean. One low payment, no fucking Black Ops pass or whatever, and it just, but it keeps going for the next, like, four or five years or something, which I think is, like, what a lot of people are concerned about for Blackout. I'm really into Blackout, and I can't wait to play it. But then a lot of people are bringing up really good, like, Drifter, and here I go, um, Drifter made a really good point in his last video talking about how it should be free to play like they should separately release it as free to play because like who's gonna pay that much for just blackout but there are gonna be so many people that the only reason they want call of duty is for blackout yeah the initial response when blackout the the beta came out was everyone's like oh my god i'm having way more fun with this than i am the actual multiplayer exactly and i mean 
other than the fact that it's going to have zombies like that and zombies and blackout are going to be the reason I buy it. And so, but then it's the, it's the whole fact that they're yearly, you know, how, how long are they going to, you know, are they going to stay on blackout? Like for instance, Fortnite they'll still be on Fortnite, still be doing these events. Like now there's apparently like a volcano or something. I don't know. I think it was a, a, a hoax or something. Somebody created like a vol- volcano, but even like the last one where they did like the missile launch and it was like a one-time thing. You had to be logged on during that time to be able to see the, the missile launch, but they're going to still be doing this. And like three or four more call of duties are going to come out. And it's yeah, because so, it's a platform. It's not like they don't need a sequel. Right. So I was listening. To, shout out. Shout out to the guys at OK Beast. I was listening to their podcast a couple of days ago, and they had an they had an idea of what if they took, and I think Drifter did say something similar to this too, what if they had Blackout, and Blackout was Call of Duty Battle Royale, and then every year when like like next year's Infinity Awards, like if they come out with a Modern Warfare 4, yeah. they still use Blackout, but just have an update to where it's Modern Warfare maps or they add Modern Warfare maps yeah. to it. Like have it be a platform instead of each new Call of Duty having their own battle royale. I would I would love that because then if if Infinity Ward does come out with their own bla- uh, battle royale, they are they are just cannibalizing themselves and it would be so stupid for them to do that. I mean, Call of Duty already cannibalizes itself anyways by coming out with a new one every year. You're essentially telling your customers that they're not worth your time because it's like by the time you're not even halfway through their DLCs, they're hyping up the next Call of Duty. You know, like somebody put out a a teaser image. I think it was obviously a fake, but somebody put out a teaser image for Modern Warfare 4. And I'm like, the next one isn't even out. Why are we even? It's like when motherfuckers put out like Christmas and it's like September. It's like, no, fuck you. You wait your goddamn turn. (laughs) I went to the mall the other day and no fucking I heard Christmas music. I'm like, no. Don't you even can start that? No, <laughs> I better be hearing this is Halloween. This is Halloween. This is Halloween. 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 Have you heard the rock versions of those? Oh yeah. Oh, oh god. Sure. So yeah. Awesome. The nightmare. Nightmare Revisited is is uh, a favorite album of mine. I really enjoy that album. Yeah. Like you had Marilyn Manson's "This Is Halloween" and the All American Rejects and Flyleaf. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. Yeah, definitely. So don't play Warface. Don't even download it. Don't let it clog up any amount of your bandwidth. It is not worth it. It is like, if you want a game like that, play Black Right Retribution, honestly. Like, it's just as generic, I, I will admit, but it at least has a different uh, aesthetic to it. So, and I'd, I'd even argue, like, the gunplay and the hit detection and stuff like that, and even the maps you know they're not too generic and it's it, the gunplay at least feels good so the gunplay just felt so off and i don't know if it was because it was like their first week out and so they were still working the bugs or whatever but it's just everything about that game was just like it wasn't it wasn't working as well as i expected and it was just just 
<laughs> All right, so one last movie of the day to talk about, and that is the Rando Movie of the Week. Like, I watched... Okay, sorry. I reminded myself of something. Did you ever watch, like, The Christmas Party with, like, T.J. Miller and... Oh, yeah. Office Christmas Party? Yeah. Yeah. Literally, like, the only part that had me... It was me, my brother, and my buddy Kevin were watching it. And probably one of the only moments that actually had us like laughing out loud everything else was just like uh yeah okay but the only part that o- the only part that made us laugh out loud was when the 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 black guy the dj was like fwee, fwee, fwee. <laughs> there were a All couple of parts like, in there that that i laughed pretty hard at but yeah. it wasn't it, it was mostly jason bateman stuff yeah like tj yeah. miller's i like but Jason Bateman's dry humor definitely got me more than TJ Miller's antics. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah, it's just more smart. So anyways, back to back to the rando movie of the week. All right, so our rando movie of the week was How It Ends. And um, so uh, first off, like, what did you think? What's your synopsis of it? And then we'll we'll talk about other stuff. Um, synopsis is it's another movie where I get to try to figure out which of Forrest Whitaker's eye I'm supposed to look at for the entirety of the movie. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> um, <laughs> if we have any lazy eye listeners, you've just like lost us. No, he doesn't have you. a lazy eye. It's just one of them. Like his eyelid is drooped more than, than the other. No, I love Forrest Whitaker. Um, <laughs> So synopsis, like pretty much kind of the same thing I remember from the trailer of it being um, apocalypse starts to happen, starts going down, and uh, I have and uh, B B class. Um, oh my God! Why did I just brain fart on his name? Um, B class Troy Baker. Troy Baker. Um, <laughs> I gotta go f- uh, with my father in law to go uh, find my wife. And, right. you know, um, I guess really the main thing from it is how poignant the title is of the movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, well, let's, I'm going to say this first off, I actually liked the movie. I thought it was the, the, the performances. I was genuinely surprised. About. Yes. I remember yeah. the, the lead from the divergent series and I liked him. But seeing him in this role, I was like, "Oh, you've got you've got some more chops than I thought." Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, I, I liked it. I thought it was actually well done. Um, and I think the biggest thing that I can one of the biggest things I can take away is actually let me explain, which is on YouTube. He does a review on it, and I completely agree with his assessment, which is it's ironic that a movie called How It Ends doesn't know how to end. <laughs> And that's the thing, like, it's just, it just kind of ends, like, but not only that, leading up to the ending, it just kind of dragged on for an extra, like, 10, 15 minutes, and I'm just like, okay, like, you had me, hook, line, and sinker for the entire movie, like, it was very, the only one, the only one thing, we're going to be talking spoilers, because 
the random movie of the week is basically supposed to be like a book club. So you're supposed to watch it and then you can go to discord and have a discussion with us. And then we might read those discussions on air and everything. But the whole point of it is we are going to talk spoilers. So right here and now spoiler alert. Um, but like one thing that definitely like was really weird, like out of the entire movie, it's like, Oh, I'm actually getting really invested other than the ending. Obviously I'm getting really invested or whatever, but the the scene on the bridge and he's like, okay, you're going to swerve left whenever I say three, one, two, three. And then he does the pew, pew, pew. And, and then the guys die and he's like, yeah, good job. And he looks back at him. He's dead. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I understand he's been struggling the entire movie with the broken ribs, but just like I, I, I turned to my wife and I was like, I really rather, I really rather, <laughs> I really rather, <laughs> I really rather, I'd really rather him have gotten shot, and that's why he died because then it would have been like him sacrificing himself rather than they do this cool maneuver and it's like, well, okay. I'm not needed anymore, so I'm just going to die. Like, it's just out of nowhere. Just, like, he does this awesome move, and just, like, literally two seconds later, he's just, Bleh. for no reason. Like, it just <laughs> seems like out of nowhere. I I don't know. It was just so weird. Yeah, instead of having it be, like, this really cool scene of that, that action segment, and then, um, like them have a conversation and then then like that being it could have played out as that was my last exertion like you know oh yeah that was yeah. that was and then have a dialogue instead of it just being like Erp. i know it was so weird and i mean especially since there was that whole dial or that was whole conversation going up to it where he's all like you think i'm bad my father was bad and him even like basically giving him his blessing and it was like, Oh yeah, I know about the kid that, that you didn't want to tell me about. He's like, yeah, I know. I know she's pregnant. And he's like, Hey, you're going to be a good dad. And then he started crying and it's like, I really felt that. And so to have that conversation and then he just goes and he's dead. It's like, wait, Whoa, Whoa. Like what just happened? Yeah. There's only one force Whitaker performance that i really really didn't care for and surprising genuinely surprisingly it was his role in star wars and rogue one. Oh yeah right i uh, that's just a forest whitaker uh, this force whitaker reminded did you ever see repo man yes really kind of reminded me of that yeah like i guess because well i guess his character in repo man is more he's a badass but he's this chill hey i'm your bro yeah, you know, right. whereas this he's a little bit more militant, but um, I got those those kind of vibes in certain parts. Yeah, um, I guess and, I can see what you mean. Yeah, and just kind of like the the badass Lawrence, not Lawrence Fishburne, that's from the Matrix. The badass. <laughs> um, they I'm all look alike now. to you, don't they? <laughs> We're not going to go down that road because that's a very <laughs> loaded question. <laughs> that's a loaded question. How dare you, Jackie Chan? <laughs> <laughs> Oh hi, Jackie Chan. <laughs> no hi, Jackie. Oh hi, Ethan Hawke. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Anyways, back to the movie. Um, yeah, I, I I have to say uh, one of the things that um, one of the positive things, one of the positive things that stuck out to me uh, is actually more about Netflix movies, and that's the fact that there's actually quite a few um, Netflix movies that basically take this really big event. And because of their low budget, they kind of show a lot more intimate story. It's kind of like, you know, A Quiet Place. 
A Quiet mm-hmm. Place mm-hmm. took this giant world-defining event, but we get to see it from this family's perspective. And so, but we're getting a lot of that from Netflix movies. There's stuff like Cargo, Bright, uh, The Cloverfield Paradox, Extinction. Um, they're all really big events, but they're also so secluded and very intimate stories amongst these giant events. Like Extinction is Michael Pena basically trying to get from his apartment down the street. So it's very intimate, but it's this big like alien, um, this alien insurrection basically. You know, so there's all this stuff going on, but we really, it's, that's not the focus. The focus is on Michael Pena, his character and his family. And the same thing with Cargo. Cargo is about a zombie apocalypse, but that's not really what the focus on. The focus, the theme of the movie is the family and like how far you would go for someone you love. And so that really intimate story amongst this giant event, I actually kind of prefer because the mystery of what happened, why it happened, or what's going to happen next was actually more intriguing than here's, you know, here's, it's the middle of the movie, so you know what that means. Here's a big, giant exposition dump. And it's like, da da da. You know, wondering, was this a natural occurrence or was it man made? Like, that mystery, I feel like, added to the movie rather than subtracted. What do you think? Yeah, kind of an antithesis of that, just real quick. Um, I'm interested in how Netflix does their movies because Mm -hmm. um, as far as budget goes, like where they decide to put what eggs in what basket. Because like a good example of that is what happened to Monday. What happened to Monday, fantastic movie, but it definitely got a lot of money because it's- A lot more money, yeah. Yeah, a lot more money because it's definitely over the top. Like You can tell budget was put into it. I mean, there's Mm -hmm. so much sci-fi elements. Um, yeah, but then you have, like you said, I think car- cargo, it, cargo. I haven't seen extinction, extinction yet. Um, but I see what you're saying with that. How it's big event, but we're telling the small story. We're not focused yeah. on a big event. Even Bright is a really good example because it's this big summer blockbuster, but it really only happens on like you know a couple of blocks. You yeah. know, so we get a hint of the entire world, but we don't get that much, which is one thing I feel like a lot of people complained about. They're like, oh, we didn't get any exposition. It's like, yeah, because they're showing us, not telling it. And like, I feel like anytime we get a lot of exposition, people bitch about getting too much exposition. And so here's Bright. It was a really good movie and people just bitched about not getting exposition. It's like, just, you know, you can't have your ache and ache you can't have your ache and eat it ooh <laughs> you can't have your cake and eat it too like you can't complain about exposition but then whine about it when it's gone like it just doesn't make any sense and i personally so, yeah. got go ahead i've personally got to the point where i like seeing my exposition over being told what it is too like yeah. i like i like having to having that be my responsibility of oh i get that i see what's going on i understand that yeah, but definitely. you do have a general populace that's like, oh, you got to tell me what's going on because I don't f-ing understand. Yeah, yeah, and I mean that's definitely one of the biggest uh, positives for me personally about the movie is just it creates this situation. We don't know what's going on, 
but that's also because the person doesn't really know what's going on. Right. You know, it's like most like a good example would be like Independence Day. Most of the movie is about them trying to figure out what's going on. So it's like we we're learning stuff as they do, but like we see it from different people's perspective and they're they're figuring out what's going on and so we get a lot of exposition all the time. Whereas like this would be like Independence Day, but it's from some guy named Chuck from Idaho. Would you, you know? say would you say more Independence Day or Maze Runner? What would you say? Know. What do you mean? Like as far as in the sense of the viewer understanding as much as the as the actor. Oh, I, uh, okay. I see. Because like I in Maze Runner, you yeah, don't know what's first, going on. Yeah. Yeah, the very first Maze Runner. Yeah, you're you're very much finding out very small chunks here and there. So okay, yeah, I see what you mean. But yeah, that kind of storytelling I prefer because it's like. You know, I don't need I don't need everything spelled out for me. You right. Know, I don't I, need I, a like, preface in the beginning of the movie that says, "Hey, this happened." World. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't need that. Yeah. So I mean, that's definitely one thing. And then obviously the um the uh acting or whatever. Who would you say you preferred as far as acting? Forrest Whitaker or Divergent? Um, well, first off, let's Let's say his name. Just, <laughs> his name is Divergent. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how it ends. How it. I misspelled ends. it, so it didn't show up. <laughs> how do you? <laughs> <laughs> I put KT. It was a autocorrect. Uh, <laughs> um, Theo James. Theo. I, th- I think Theo James simply because. I've seen Forrest Whitaker's repertoire. I've seen you know yeah. him kind of have the same thing. I haven't seen him Theo in anything outside of Divergent. Yeah. Um, but this is also where I made a discovery where he's ear ear. Oh God, I can't speak either. Eerily similar to Troy Baker. I mean, yeah. their voice sounds. Their voices are very similar, and he's he doesn't really look like him, but he kind of looks like when you see actors that are like, you kind of look like a, a cheaper version of this of X. Yeah. Like when uh cinema sins does the, the discount, you know, discount Matt Damon or something. Like yeah, that. yeah. 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 <laughs> just like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, so yeah, I'd have to agree. I like Theo. Um, I, I think the reason Theo obviously is the obvious choice Obvious, obviously, obvious, obviously, obviously, he is so the choice. Um, but the reason is is because Forrest Whitaker is very much, other than by the end of the movie, he respects you know Theo's character and everything. I think Theo is Will or whatever. I don't know Forrest Whitaker's name in the movie, but anyway, so Forrest Whitaker respects Will by the end of the movie. You know, so it's very much. You know, there is a little bit of a change, but otherwise, he was a badass at the beginning. And he literally went out with a bang at the end. So, you know, like it, there wasn't that. Yeah. <laughs> so there really wasn't that big of a change. Whereas Theo's character, Will, very much was, you know, he hadn't even fired a gun before. And like at the very end, it's like I knew there was one bullet. And I'm like, did that, you know, motherfucker. He didn't even check the chamber. Like he checked the clip like, oh, there's nothing in here. And then, of course, he tries to, you know, pull a Shane, but he's like, nah, man, I'm Rick, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Which I, I always have to say this. It's it's weird when you see it in a movie. He got shot in the chest and immediately died. 
It's yeah. Like, that's not how it works. That's not no. how real. If he would have shot him in the head, I would have been a little. Of course, we're expecting Theo, you know, a guy who's never fired a gun to shoot him in the head. But still, it's like he <laughs> he just shoots him in the chest and he's just like, OK, I'm dead now. Like, no, that's not, Forrest motherfucking Whitaker walked around with a, you know, a rib almost sticking out of his goddamn chest. And this motherfucker gets one little itty bitty pellet in his chest. And he's like, ah, oh, this. <laughs> yeah, it's it. <sighs> It sucks when you see that and you're just like, oh man, like I, I kind of like takes you out of the moment. It's like, I know that's not, it's kind of the same thing with me, you know, how much I have experience with guns, how much I love guns. Yeah. When I see like a, a action movie or a war movie and they're just fucking unlimited amount of rounds without even changing <laughs> magazines. It's like, okay, that's why I like John Wick a lot is because oh, yeah, like right. he makes it a like priority to reload and it's like thank you thank you thank you thank you like don't just be like bah, 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 like just shooting everywhere. <laughs> i'm a lead farmer motherfuckers <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's just i've all i've always 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 hated that oh, and man. i'm always that asshole when i when i'm with, with my wife and we'll see a movie and like they're shooting some gun and it's like doing something that's not supposed to i'll lean over and be like that's not accurate by yes. any means it's not accurate at all <laughs> actually oh see and the, the funny thing is i just watched a TV series I'll probably never get back to it. It's called The Good Cop, and it's basically like a. Uh, is that the one with Josh Groban? Mm, I don't know who Josh Groban is. Um, it's is it the with, one on Netflix? Yeah, it's on Netflix. Um, it's Josh Groban's the the singer and. Uh, oh God, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, he doesn't now doesn't I, look like him. Like it really doesn't. Um, yeah, so it's him, and then a, it's another guy. He was on Tony old, Danza. Tony Danza, thank you. So yeah, Tony Danza and him, but like one thing that just irked me from the very beginning of that movie, um, this is a good tangent, I like it, <laughs> but one thing that at the beginning of the show, he goes and he does a firing range, but while he's shooting the gun, the mm. gun isn't popping backwards. I'm like, you know how freaking hard it is to just go get a goddamn airsoft gun that has a CO2 in it and will actually kick back and just paint the tip black. Yep. Like, how yep. freaking hard is that? It wasn't even like, and of course, he was doing the really, really bad impression of somebody experiencing recoil for the first time. And it's like, yeah. no, it's the chamber, it, the the Glock that he had, it's not a Glock that doesn't chamber itself. Like, you, it, ah. it's kind of the same thing uh, with cop shows. I'm going to ruin the illusion for anyone else that <gasps> isn't aware of this. Um, you can tell if, if the actors were given actual training. If, uh, and Nick, you can see this, everybody listening can't, if they are like going around the corner with their weapon drawn and the, the, it's like at chest level, you know, that's not correct. If it's up to their face, like where they're looking down the actual sights yep. of the gun, yep. then they've, then they got some sort of training on actually how to do that. So in fringe, I absolutely love fringe, love fringe to death. One of my favorite series, but I can't tell you how many times Olivia in the show just points just points the gun and i'm like yeah <laughs> yeah a uh, really good like example of just how like you can tell when somebody's trained there's a point in inception where um like they go up he goes he's shooting from a window basically but he does this thing where he like puts the gun up and then steps out rather than having it at his side and then 
bringing it up as he comes out, you know, like a video game would. Yeah. No, instead he has the gun. It's already pointed out right where he thinks he is. And then he leans out, you know, and I'm like, you know, like that's what you would do in a real situation. You would have your gun drawn because that split second that you're using to draw your gun. That's why they have quick fire on call of duty. What? <laughs> well, that, that's why Nolan is is, is such high tiers because the, mm-hmm. the amount of, of detail he puts in. I actually saw something from one of those pages on Facebook or Instagram that like does movie facts. Mm-hmm. And in The Dark Knight, in the scene where uh, Two-Face is in the car with Falcone. Oh, yeah, that. I know you what can, you're talking about. If you look in the, in the, in the uh, mirror, you can see him getting into the, into the car on the other side. Yeah, like in the shot, you can actually see that, and I never noticed that before. But just the amount of detail that Nolan puts into his films is just like that's awesome. why he's a top tier director. Yeah, see, I thought what you were going for is that as they're getting into the car, you can see um, Two Face take out one of the thugs on the very left of the screen. I thought that's what you were talking about. I know, I knew about that one. The one oh, of okay. him actually getting because that is the question. It's like, wait, how did he get into the car? But yeah, because he takes out one him. of the guys, and it's because it's sweeping right, and it happens just as it's going out of frame. You can see his arm go around him and pull him back. Yeah. But. Yeah, that, that's where I thought you were going. But yeah, the mirror thing, I never knew about the mirror. So Yeah, super cool. So how it ends. <laughs> no one how it, it ends. It was, a, it was a nice film until the end. I mean, I really, I really do feel like the uh, another kind of good example. Not really. Mute, mute was for the most part. Once I got over the fact that it was going from one character to Seth Rogen to back to the other character, once I got over that, it was actually a pretty good movie. But then, for for whatever reason, they decided to go on for another twenty minutes, and it's just like kind of like The Dark Knight Rises. Uh, yeah. The Dark Knight Rises didn't even yeah. be as long as it was. Yeah, I guess so. That's that's probably a really good example. But yeah, I feel like when they got reunited, it's like that was the end of the movie. It's like I was talking to my wife. It's like that was the climax. He was he was getting to her. So then having that extra confrontation with that douchebag neighbor, like we didn't need that. We already knew that he was a badass. You know, like we already saw that character arc. So for them to keep going and then, oh, now he has to kill one more person. It's like, but why? And then the ultimate F you was the fact that here's this giant cloud coming towards them and they're just driving off and it's like, hey, it's going to be okay. Don't never let go, Jack. Never let go. And then it just fades to black. And you're like, Wait, do they make it? Do they not make it? Like, like at the very, it's almost like Inception, where at the very end you can hear the the spinner start to kind of falter. So you're like, oh, okay, we're fine. So at the very end, the clouds are coming towards them, and at the very end, you can kind of see them subside, but it doesn't outright confirm it. So it's like, why, why end it that way? Like you you had this entire extra fifteen minutes that we just didn't need. You know, it's like you guys got back together, you f***ed hard, and then you killed some dude and ran away from a cloud. What the hell? <laughs> oh, man. Man, man, man. Man, man, man. So anyways, yeah, we I think we both kind of liked it. Yeah, there were some problems with it, but... I liked it better than the than the Outsider, the Jared Leto one. Oh, yeah. I did yeah. like it better than that. Yeah. The, yeah. 
Okay. I was interested. Yeah. The out- outsider, I was not. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, I mean, I think we liked it. I... I, I always hate to say this. I do. I do. I, I promise I do. I don't just say it for the fuck of it. But um, I do really think that, hey, it's it's Netflix. If you're looking for like a good drama piece, as long as you know the. Oh God, I guess I'm talking about this as if nobody's seen it yet. But then I spoiled the whole movie for him. So I guess my overall impressions, if, if this was at the beginning of it instead of the end, my overall impressions would be if you if you did want something to watch and you know, like there's nothing else like it's, it's free, you know, it's essentially free. Almost everybody has Netflix or they steal it from somebody else. So it's like, it's not a bad movie by any means. I mean, I guess I'll, that's what I'll say about it. It's not a horrible movie. It's not one of those movies where it's like, why did they even make this? I can agree. It's uh, Netflix has definitely had some more egregious ones than this. um, For sure. Um, I don't, I, I don't know if it deserves as much disdain as it's gotten. Cause it oh, was has very, it got disdain? I guess I a, haven't a, really. F- a lot. Yeah. A lot, a lot of people are not happy with it probably because of the ending, but, um, it was definitely a fun ride and, and kind of like your really, mom I, when the ridges do, am I right? At the top of it. <laughs> oh man. I made fun of Force Whitaker at the beginning, but I, I really do <laughs> like Force Whitaker a lot. And so anything that he's in. I'm for the most part going to enjoy regardless, just because he's a very interesting and um, respectable actor. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, you let us know if you guys didn't already go to our, you know, Discord at Thread X3 Productions, or you can go to TX3 Productions or Thread X3 Productions on Facebook. Um, that's going to do it for us today. But what we last thing we need to do is we need to choose uh, my favorite ever, which will be a topic for next time. And, you know, I think we already kind of talked about it earlier. Let's make it my favorite ever superhero movie. I think that'll really fit well. And we can discuss, we can have a nice argument about, ah, oh, that's not the best one this one is. <laughs> yeah, I really hope this is going to be can like this is going to be contended not a wholeheartedly agree with everyone like i'm looking for a discussion argument (laughs) yes definitely yes indeed indeed well even if we all choose the same well we all gonna have our runner-ups like usual and then we'll choose our favorite ever or you're gonna be me and have like two (laughs) runner-ups yeah right even if we all agree i'd like to discuss why right so if that ends up happening and we all choose the same thing, we'll just discuss why we think it is and maybe, you know, why this one isn't or something like that. So, all right. So, yeah, when we get or next time on, on the next episode, we'll talk about my favorite ever Superman or super <laughs> superhero movie. Um, and uh, next time uh, the good doctor is going to be returning. So I'd like to. I'd like to talk about that because uh, I actually really liked it. Did you end up watching The Good Doctor? No, but nine one one is coming back tonight and tomorrow, Nine. and I cannot wait. Yeah, I might, I might have to check it out. I'm like, I'm a little kind of lukewarm on it. Nine one one, it's it's definitely a little, it's not hokey, but it, it's it's like it's experiences that have happened, but they're more dramatized. And so it's, it's just, it's kind of a cool, like not monster of the week, but monster of the situation of the week kind of show. Yeah. Which is pretty much any, any, uh, scripted, 
well, uh, like it's it's pretty much show. any it's any medical show basically it's like oh what's gonna happen this uh, week what the anthrax right. what <laughs> like, yeah yeah pretty much they, the, the amount of crap that they end up coming up with like it, it's nice that they can keep coming up with crap but it's kind of like it's kind of like when SBU does a does something that it's like it just happened and so they're doing it almost in response to that i'm like like let some time pass i don't know like it's just it's so agenda pushing that it's just like i mean obviously i don't think 911's agenda pushing in any way but it's like when when you when you go so far and then it's like, well, what do we do now? Okay, let's just rip this from the headlines. It's like, eh. Well, there know. there definitely is an episode where uh, the situation is this guy falls into a lion enclosure, um, and turns out that the guy was a doctor or a dentist uh, who was a prize trophy animal hunter, and so interesting. It, that one is very topical because of that, you know, that thing that happened with the Jimmy John's um, CEO or something like that a couple years ago. I have no idea what you're talking about. Look it up. <laughs> but, you look it up. But it's very topical. Do- Google one, it. Yeah, that one was very topical with things that I've seen in the media. Okay. So, Plus, you know, Harambe. Oh, yeah, Harambe. Dick's Harambe, out. Harambe, Harambe. Dick's out for Harambe. <laughs> okay. So, thank you so much for tuning in to Nerd to the Third, where you can always talk nerdy to me. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, 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 cool. Under, down, under. One, two. Let's get it, did it, do. What the hell are you doing whale noises for? I'm sorry. <laughs> I want to see what the wave waveform looks like when I vape in the mic. Is it annoying? Does it look annoying? <laughs> I mean, it didn't do anything. It's, I'm sad now. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, even when you like when you do your little cock head to the side and you're like leaning over or whatever, I can still hear it. Oh yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> it's you can. I mean, it's not. Yeah, I just try to do it away from the mic. I have you speechless. Oh my dear God. <laughs> My nipples are actually hard right now. (laughs) I was on audacity the whole time, so I finally minimized it, and there you are, like, tweaking your nipples. (laughs) Hey, you don't want my camera to go on. I don't wear shirts during podcasts. (laughs) I'm too hot. I'm a big guy. I need need to cool us down. Oh, for anyone anyone who's interested, while he was doing the intro, I just laid back, just rubbed my nipples, and actually made my nipples hard. So... Yeah, that's how we started this show. Like you can. Uh, Are you okay? Yes, I'm trying to scoot back. I have my legs in the chair, and I I don't want to push my desk over. Ugh, get it. Uh, look like I'm trying to f- my desk right now. Fuck it. Fuck it hard. There it goes. Yeah, all right. So, are you good, Dan? We'll, we'll, we'll just stay yeah. right here. Yeah, I'm good with that. All right, cool, 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 cool. No doubt. Cool, cool, cool. No doubt. No doubt. Oh, hold on, I want to do that. I think again. I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna leave that big pause where I'm just like, yeah. I don't know how to end <laughs> the this, pregnant so. pause. Yeah. Okay, thanks, guys. <laughs>